0: Hello and welcome to the Ethics Pod episode number two. Welcome back if you're stuck with us and well done. Today we're going to be looking at the intellectual virtues that Aristotle outlines in his lectures of Neomachian Ethics. And we're also going to look at reasoning well and what that means in relation to exercising moral virtue. Finally, part three of this episode, we're going to look at the doctrine of the mean and what that means in relation to how we should act. Enjoy. Okay, so let's crack straight on with some of our intellectual virtues. Now, as with anything in virtue ethics, it's not entirely straightforward. These are split up into two categories. You've got your primary and you've got your secondary. So not too hard to remember the difference between those. Just think about it as you develop developing through school and developing your intellect as you go. So let's delve in. But before we do, one thing that Aristotle said, and uh, this outlines why He was such a thinker, why he was such a teacher, why he was a philosopher. He said education is the best provision for old age. Now, that links closely to ethics because it means that you know what you should be doing. Now, that's a bit of a segue, but it's a nice little quote to throw in if you ever want to. Okay, so we'll start with the primary intellectual virtues, as logic would dictate. So, Ian, do you want to take us through the first one of those?
1: I do indeed. Um, So, the first primary intellectual virtue is art. Or technical skill. Um, So art is concerned with bringing something into existence. Like
0: we're doing currently. We're doing...
1: I wouldn't call it art.
0: I wouldn't call it technical (laughs) skill either. But we are bringing something into existence. Maybe we fit in with this one somewhere.
1: Yeah, maybe. But um, to think by art is to investigate how to generate something which may or may not exist. So art is concerned with production, not action. So if you think human beings were the first people to kind of draw stuff or paint stuff or imagine things. It's something that through our, through our reason, through our intellect, separates us from those other animals. So link that back to that hierarchy of the souls kind of thing.
0: Good. Yeah. So uh, to, to understand that, we're definitely not doing this because we're not bringing something into being. All of these things have been said before and we're just rehashing them in hopefully yeah. a more understanding way for these guys. Right, so that's our first one. Now we're going to look at our second one, which is prudence or practical wisdom. Now, those who can be called truly prudent deliberate well on what is good and what is advantageous to themselves and about life as a whole, okay? They don't deliberate about things which are unchanging or unchangeable or which are not in their power to do. So a prudent person wouldn't worry about things beyond their control that they have no input or power to change.
1: Think about all those angry people you might see at football who are like screaming and shouting about something that is by no means within their control.
0: Oh, that my nan would have scored that people. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we don't... (laughs) They're not prudent people. They're getting angry. They've not got practical wisdom about the scenario that's happening in front of them Mm. because the things are out of their control. So prudence is the virtue the part of the soul where they can form opinions. Now, sometimes opinions aren't good things. We all know that. We've all disagreed with people's opinions. But this is where things are taken into account and taken in, processed, and your opinion then comes out. It gives us the ability to develop the virtues uh, that are means or relative to us. It enables us to determine the right amount the right means, the right goal, the right time, the right situation, the right person, and so on and so forth. It helps us with our judgment. But don't get confused. It isn't judgment. That comes as a secondary intellectual intellectual virtue that is linked to this one. Okay? This is Aristotle's contextual pragmatism. So in each given scenario, you can be practical within it. That's what that means. Okay.
1: Yeah next one. Um, next one really quick really simple scientific knowledge okay. scientific knowledge is universal and necessary and what is scientifically known is um, demonstrable so while art and prudence are changing science always stays the same you, facts yeah you drop the pen the pen will fall because of gravity you drop the pen in London you drop the pen in Sydney pen's still going to fall because it's at the same rate as yeah, well science Yeah, scientific knowledge is Newton.
0: okay next one easy peasy Matt. Oh, it's worth going back to you can't argue with facts but actually nowadays you can you know fake news and all that yeah, but, but scientific facts come under scientific knowledge it is what can be proved and it is what is demonstrable easy peasy so the next of our primary intellectual virtues is intelligence or intuition or nous intelligence is the human faculty that apprehends fundamental principles such as the laws of thinking and other Truths. Naus apprehends those truths directly and without demonstration or inference. So it is our job of theoretical wisdom. The importance that Aristotle gives to Naus is seen in his definition of human nature. He says this. Intelligence, or Naus, above all else, is man. Very deep. Very deep. Very very important. So deep. It is what makes us. Okay, we've got our next one coming up.
1: Okay, so our next one, which you should all be fans of as philosophy um, and ethics students, is wisdom or Sophia. Um, So, wisdom is the most accurate of all the sciences. The wise person must know both what follows from the principles, but also possesses truth about the principles. So, what is wise is always the same, while what is prudent is changing. Thus, wisdom is superior to prudence in dignity. Aristotle observes that practical reasoning could even be discerned in some things animals do. But theoretical reasoning is unique to humans and the gods.
0: And that's what makes us special, as we've already gone through, with regards to the soul in episode number one. So that's the end of our primary intellectual virtues. We've got art or technical skill. We've got prudence or practical wisdom, a very important one. We've got scientific knowledge or the ability to understand facts. We've got intelligence or intuition, which is about processing those facts. And we've also got wisdom. Next up, we've got our secondary intellectual virtues. Hold tight. Lovely. So here are secondary intellectual virtues. We've got four of these. Uh, just the one fewer to remember. We'll kick in with our first one, which is understanding. This is the capacity to comprehend what someone has said, and it enables us to discern practical problems. For Aristotle, understanding and learning from experience are essentially the same. Having good sense is intimately related to understanding. Also, so. Ian's going to talk about that next, but these next two that we're going to look at now are pretty closely linked to one another.
1: Okay, so one of these is judgment. So, by nature, man has judgment, intelligence and intuition. Judgment and consideration allowing us to make equitable and fair or fair decisions. So if you see something happen, you can make a judgment about whether that was a good thing that happened or a bad thing that happened.
0: And it links closely to understanding because you have to process it and put it into context and then you can make that judgment. Mm. So hand in hand, these two lovely stuff. So that's your first two. You've got understanding and judgment. Next up, we've got resourcefulness or good deliberation. Now, deliberation is a type of inquiry. It's a way of looking at things. And good deliberation is rightness of thinking. So you could have poor deliberation if you've got an issue and you go about it and look at it the wrong way. If you say, for example, you've got a problem and you say this other issue unrelated to our actual problem is going to solve our problem problem that we have to deal with I don't know there must be something going on in politics yeah uh, in relation to that that someone could make a good comparison to but my mind is blank yeah
1: not a clue mate no, not a clue
0: me either now good deliberation means not only that instrumental reasoning or figuring out the means to attain a certain end or come to a reasoned conclusion on your issue that you've got and coming up with a way of getting rid of the issue, but it's also about having a good end in view and being done in a proper way at a proper time. So it ties in with practical wisdom as well. How much time have you got to do something? That's all part of your good deliberation. How much time do you have to come up with an answer or a solution Mm. to the massive issue that you're facing? Exactly. Exactly. And that's why good deliberation would be excellent for a political thinker. Yeah.
1: So our last and final, uh, of course it's final if it's the last one. Anyway, I'm not demonstrating this one very well, but it's cleverness. Okay. So cleverness or shrewdness enables us to act successfully upon the means leading to an end. It, um, presupposes an end and the nobility of the end determines the goodness of it. So, for a person who is not good, the correct end may not be apparent because bad habit may corrupt them. So, for example, to put this really simply, a clever person would revise really well before their exams. A non-clever person would try and cheat or try and wing their way through the exam, which you should not do, okay? So that's your example of cleverness. Yeah, it's a
0: really good example as well because it looks at the nobility of what you're doing. Cheating's not good, it's not noble, and it's certainly not clever. However, revision, structured, in-depth, practising your exam, that is noble, that is clever, and that will result in a good end. Talking of ends, we've come to the end of The intellectual virtues, you've got your five primary, you've got your four secondary. Your primary being art, technical skill, prudence or practical wisdom, scientific knowledge, intelligence or intuition, wisdom. Secondary intellectual virtues including these four, understanding, judgment, resourcefulness or good deliberation and cleverness. Up next, we're going to look at how those intellectual virtues impact on moral ones and how reasoning well means exercising moral virtue. I'm going to take you back to the last episode for a second to talk about the soul, first of all, as it is our soul that allows us to reason and do the reasoning well, meaning we're going to be able to exercise our moral virtues effectively.
1: Yeah, so the soul for Aristotle has two aspects, um, each split into a further 2 parts. so it kind of eventually is divided into quarters. But um, the first aspect is rational, and it is concerned with theoretical and practical reason, linking closely to the intellectual virtues we've just talked about. And the second is non-rational. This doesn't mean, okay, this is important, it doesn't mean it's irrational, it doesn't mean that it's stupid. Instead, it refers... um, to the emotions, appetites, and desires. So, wanting to go for McDonald's, wanting to go for KFC, um, wanting to have a drink, um, being upset. Okay, These are all things that are to do with the non rational side of your character. Yeah,
0: because your rational one would eat some vegetables, yeah. they'd they drink some water. Exactly. They, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Whatever you're like, I really, really want McDonald's. And then you don't have McDonald's and you go and have some broccoli instead that's your um, I have a I have a wife for that that's my my (laughs) rational thought so examples of theoretical reasoning or of like excellent theoretical reasoning would be things like philosophy things like maths okay and then excellence of practical reasoning would be your deliberation your judgment your cleverness Um, so
0: that links back to the uh, secondary virtues that we just talked about exactly
1: yeah and then your excellence of character so are you a courageous person are you friendly Um, are you um, are you patient are you kind and then you've got excellence of the body as well so going to the gym getting hench yeah getting hench getting buff Liam Cullen shout out (laughs) to you there
0: Um, so as as we've just identified some of the virtues are intellectuals and some of them are moral the non-rational soul has moral virtues or virtues of character like we've just said like courage patience modesty but more on those next episode next episode by the way it hopefully is going to be the most entertaining episode uh, because we're going to give you some examples of where me and Ian have either nailed the virtue on the head or we've hit the vice of excess or the vice of deficiency.
1: Yeah, vice of excess is going to come up quite a lot. For yeah,
0: me, unfortunately, yeah, maybe deficiency too. But we'll talk about what those vices are by the end of this episode when we look at the doctrine of the mean coming up very, very shortly. The rational soul has the intellectual virtues or the theoretical virtues like understanding, judgment, practical wisdom. It's this side of the soul and the intellectual virtues that contribute most to the good life that we talk about because they are under the control of reason. And as the theme keeps kicking up, Aristotle loved reason. It's what It's what separates us from the animals. Yeah. Beautiful. But that does lead to the question, how do we know what to aim for in order to act virtuously. Yes, we've got that reason, but where would that reason get us for each individual person? So how as we, as individuals, are going to reach our most functional or good self? Hmm. Mm. So in order to figure out how to reach our most good self or our most functional self, as Aristotle would have put it, we're going to use this. We're going to use the doctrine of the mean or the catchier title for it, the golden mean. Well, I like
1: to think of it as the perfect seesaw.
0: Ah, yeah. If that I'll, makes sense. Like the sweet spot.
1: The sweet spot in the seesaw when everyone's perfectly balanced. Yeah,
0: and neither of you can touch the floor. Yeah. And you just remain there. Yeah. I remember in our childhood many moments like that. <laughs> Not, not anymore, unfortunately. I feel like I've let myself go. <laughs> so the doctrine of the mean, that is that sweet spot where virtue can be found. And as this is virtue ethics, it's important that we find those virtues and we adhere to those virtues. So we can become good by finding the middle point between two extremes. And as mentioned very briefly, it's between the vice of excess and the vice of deficiency. It is not a mathematical... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was going to try and say arithmetic, but this is why I'm not a maths teacher. Uh, so it's not an arithmetic uh, average. It's not a mathematical average. It's relative to us and not the thing that we're trying to achieve. Yeah. So everybody is different. It's not the same for all of us or any of us. And it changes based on the occasion that you're in. So that's really important to understand when we're thinking about the doctrine of the mean. In an examination, it's really good and it's helpful to express your ideas with uh, a succinct and focused manner so that you make your point quickly and can move on. So doctrine of the mean, it's always nice and easy to show your understanding of it by offering an, an example. A good example to give would be courage. The golden mean is courage, but a vice of excess would be rashness, where you rush in, and a vice of deficiency would be cowardice. Now, we'll go into what those mean in our next episode when we look at the virtues themselves, but for the purposes of an exam to show your understanding of the golden mean, you could say the golden mean would be courage, vice of excess, rashness, vice of deficiency, cowardice.
1: So the doctrine of the mean links back to eudaimonia or mat human flourishing. Everyone's favorite term. Um, so it's when there is a balance within the soul. So all the time with Aristotle, think about this idea of balance within you. Okay, as are you a balanced person? Okay, the right amount of virtue and um, for the person making the decision. It is um, reason that is the executive when deciding upon whether to act upon your emotions through a balanced approach to the decision that needs to be made.
0: Now, the moral virtues we're alluding to uh, are with us. However, as you will learn in the next episode, as we discuss the moral virtues in more detail, we don't often get things right first time, me and Ian in particular, hence what we're going to do next episode. The moral virtues are formed by habit, but not thoughtlessly. You do have to consider, you do have to try and do the most virtuous thing. You do have to try and hit your golden mean, but we don't always get it right, okay? So they're helped by the rational soul and the reason and particularly the intellectual virtue of practical wisdom here. That helps us try and assess what we're going to get. But this is to say that you see your decision is not creating the most virtuous outcome. You've tried, but it's not mattered and it's not helped. You've not done the virtuous thing. But in the future, you're able then to adjust your behavior. You can look back using that practical wisdom and say, I did this last time. Maybe I should try a slightly different approach as the outcome wasn't virtuous for me. And then what I would do, I would repeat that process. I would realize that my thing that I had done wasn't virtuous. And then I would try and achieve the virtue through repeating it and repeating it and repeating Mm it. Now, eventually, those times where I have made the right decision and done the virtuous thing will become habit so that I've become virtuous over time. And it's worth
1: considering that because... We as humans aren't naturally good or bad, though um, can become either through training um, Will Durant summarises Aristotle's approach to the virtue ethics best where he writes, um, we are what we repeatedly do. Have you seen that on the walls
0: of classrooms all over the uh, country? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it, and it's true. So Will Durant, he makes it catchier, again, just like John Stuart Mill did with uh, yeah. a pig in muck rather than <laughs> cattle <laughs> pleasure. All right. Good effort, Aristotle. But he just wasn't that catchy, was he? But Will Durant, we are what we repeatedly do.
1: Yeah, so it's worth saying that this quote is often attributed to Aristotle, but this is incorrect. Aristotle wrote, These virtues are formed in man by doing the actions, which less fates it um, isn't as catchy. Called it. Um, so for this reason, Aristotle puts particular importance on training to become good, as young as possible. A quote often ar- um, attributed to Aristotle... Attributed? 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 to Aristotle Attributed, yeah, that's how you say it. To Aristotle that supports this is good habits formed at youth will make all the difference. So meaning the earlier you begin to practice the virtues, the more impactful they will be on your character as you become older. So when I was young, I didn't go to the gym. As I've gotten older, I've seen myself getting fatter. I've tried to go to the gym, but I would rather go and have chicken instead. Okay. so I'm at this point where I've got
0: loads of protein in chicken you should be uh, yeah know
1: but not when it's fried and when you have it with chips and mac and cheese like we did last night so, yeah good you know, confession right anyway
0: okay but yeah you're absolutely right the the earlier the earlier, the earlier you get into those things the more you get into that habit or that routine of a virtuous act; the easier it becomes for you. So, I don't know about you, but I'm almost like fitness has become a thing. It's become instead mm. of uh, like when we were young, we would go and drink, yeah, yeah, yeah. drink and eat, eat chicken in the park; those yeah. sorts of things. <laughs> but actually, nowadays, young people don't do that. And we were talking about this last night. We were instead yeah. it's fashionable to, to to be to be fit. Yeah, to, uh, which is be, good. Which is good. Yeah, too. yeah. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Yeah. I'm not, Aristotle not to, would applaud. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. However, uh, we're just ever slightly jealous. We live in a different time, and that yeah. we are we are now aging rapidly, and we've not got into that good habit of fitness. So, kudos, any listeners yeah, who well, are into that. You. Yeah. Um, no uh, <laughs> bit of malice <laughs> in that voice, but still, it, it's true. The earlier you become virtuous, the easier it becomes in later life, and the better character, the better person you become. And that's wonderful. So Aristotle, for the doctrine of the mean, he goes on to talk about it in reference to specific moral virtues across his lectures or the written down lectures, Neomachian ethics. We're gonna talk through those virtues next episode with examples from mine and Ian's life where we have either been less than virtuous or we've gone to the uh, vice of excess
1: so, yeah and hopefully maybe sometimes we'll hit the virtues but on on maybe, occasion maybe we'll hit that sweet but, sort of point that sweet point <laughs>
0: I'd say we're we're about a third of our way through our lives so we've still got time yeah according to Aristotle to we become can get good people cool. so thank you for listening to episode two uh, hopefully you'll stick with us for the next one where we'll be looking like I said in a bit of detail to the moral virtues ta bye-bye